Scott Erickson has had long midnight conversations with the voice of giving up. He knows how fear and depression make the voice especially loud. Today we talk with Scott about how he's moved beyond the voice of giving up into a life of saying yes, the difference between a desire and a dream, and how the spiritual practice of taking away helps us grow closer to God. I'm Susan Eaton. Thanks for joining us today on the Embodied Holiness Podcast. This is a podcast about how we can let the life of Christ live itself out in our everyday lives. In each episode, we take an everyday topic and talk about how we are encouraged and challenged in that aspect of life to embody and reflect the characteristics of Christ. We're not perfect. We're not experts. We're regular women who are seeking, like you, to embody holiness in our everyday. So if you don't feel spiritual, if you aren't sure how to grow in holiness, or if you just like some company on the journey, then you're in the right place. I'm Lindsay Lewis. I'm Lyra Christensen. And I'm Susan Eaton. Thanks for being a part of the community and conversation as we learn how to embody holiness together. Here we are with Scott Erickson. We've been looking forward to this for a really long time yes. now. Welcome, Scott. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Scott, uh, we, we read your book, Say Yes. We absolutely loved it. We talked on the episode where we reviewed the book about how long it took us to read it. Not because oh. it was a difficult book, but because it was you have to stop and and let it digest and mm-hmm. and then and then move on to the next thing. And I think that was our shared experience. Yeah, we're not just really slow readers. I, I mean, <laughs> want to make sure you understand that. But intelligence yeah. might not be the biggest problem. But absolutely. And I think that I called your book wonderfully weird. And I hope that you know that that is my highest compliment, Um, that it was just such a a different perspective. And it did. It took me a while to get through it. And each time I read it, it was something different was being pointed. That's why I say, yeah, even if we reread it, I had to reread it because I found something different in what I read before. Yeah. It could, it, it, it just took a, you know, just took a couple swipes to get some things. Yeah, absolutely. Together. Yeah. So Scott, for some of the people listening who may not know who you are, would you uh, let us know who you are, what you do? I know you're more than an author. When people ask me what I do, I'm like, well, the umbrella is I'm a professional creative, like an artist. And then I, I go, there's, for me, there's like three avenues or buckets. There's like, I'm a painter, illustrator. I'm a, I'm an author. I've made uh, four books and hope to do that the the rest of my life. Um, and then also a performing artist, uh, a speaker. So, um, and I have these like shows that I put on. So if that's a little explanation of what I do, that's my job. I'm also a father, a husband, a father of three, 12, 10, and four. Um, I, if I, I feel like I'm more like a professional dishwasher and taxi cab driver <laughs> right now than I am any of those other things. <laughs> and like, even this Feel your pain. I've, I've, it's like this morning was like breakfasts and lunches and schools and pickups. I did have breakfast with a friend, but, and then I'm here, you know, it's a, it's a full life at this stage of life. So I also really want, you know, everybody listening, get prepared for a lot of honesty. I mean, if I'm honest, uh, I really butt up against the frustration of feeling limited as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I'm really honest, like there are moments where I'm like, I love my children, but I hate being a parent, you know, like I, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, because the truth. All, that's because all my creative heroes usually are single people, you know, mm. all, all my create art heroes don't have kids. So they're just endlessly making stuff. And I'm like, I bear, like, I just listened to an interview with Steven Spielberg and, and it was tremendous, but I was like, is Steven's like, please tell me that he's a bad dad. Like, how has he been gone <laughs> so long on all these films? And like, you can't tell me he's also an amazing dad. You know, like he probably is a great dad, but meaning like it's there's a cost in being gone and there's a you know tension. So I live with these constraints. And what I've had to do is go, well, what are the gift of these constraints? In in creativity, there's often a rule which is it's helpful to have limitations just because you can use every color doesn't mean that's helpful. Like if mm. like in that, there's a painting behind me that I made, but like this has, this is limited to like four or five colors because if you put every color in there, it can look awful. But if you limit yourself, that's where you can go deeper in. So, so this is even in say yes in the show and in the book where I just go, my kids aren't in the way they are the way, you know, yeah. I'll say one of the gifts of having children is I can't do everything. So then I have to get really specific on the, with the little time that I have, what do I want to do the most? What is it that is m most, uh, and, and uh, you know, and this changes over your life. There was a time where I had to take anything that came my way. Um, and I'm at a spot now where I really get to pick and choose and decide mm -hmm. what I work on. But I really, I do a weekly kind of, what is the most, important thing to me? What can I most uniquely contribute? What would be the best use of my time? And then all those other ideas just have to like, I just have to shove them in the corner and be like, that's fun that I have those ideas. They're just going to be there, maybe never be lived out. And that's okay. Because what is the most important thing? You know, yeah. and life is, is about those choices. And it's also acceptance, which I think, you know, is one of those things you really get into in your book. And I don't know if you use the word acceptance. Uh, I don't know, think I do, but it's a great, yeah, it's a great word. Yeah, but it's like when you talk about the difference between a desire and a dream, yeah. that there's this distinction between our dreams and maybe our expectations and our desires. Mm -hmm. And could you talk about that a little bit, like the difference and just flesh that out for us a little bit? Yeah, yeah the way that I would define a dream and a desire, how are they different? A dream is a version of your life, a scenario, a version of you that doesn't have any weaknesses or limitations. Mm -hmm. Like when we imagine a dream scenario, we never bring our vulnerabilities into that scenario. Um, and vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean our weaknesses or limitations. It's more about our relationship to them. Are we afraid of them? Are we shamed by them? Do you believe that your weaknesses and limitations are what's going to keep you from that? Or I think the spiritual path is to understand that they become the doorways to the, 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 the path of desire. Mm -hmm. and, and this book, this talk was going, oh, a dream in my life died because I could never enter into a reality without weaknesses and limitations. Mm -hmm. And what I would say the divine invitation in that death of a dream was to go now walk this path 
embracing your weaknesses and limitations. These are in fact, the doorways to this, on this path of desire, to this thing that's still calling your name. And so in some of this way, it was like embracing those certain weaknesses and limitations about, you know, and then we, you know, the book, some is like, what are the narratives we tell ourselves and how do we reframe and open those up? Um, how do we move from being in a comparative narrative to a contribution? How we live in a massive culture of comparison um, and the pivot is to contribute. And then like, often we have to let the dream die to get to the new way of being in the world, the resurrection that we're being invited into that was unforeseen and we didn't see coming and is, is really surprising, honestly. Like there's usually a moment way on down the line where you look back and you're like, I just didn't see that this is how it was going to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's very surprising. It's very surprising, yeah. which is a common theme throughout the Bible, right? Like the, mm -hmm. I explored this a lot in honest advent, which is just like the antidote to assumptions, which assumptions keep us from all kinds of ways of participating. The antidote to assumption is surprise. Like it's, it's a surprise that nobodies are asked to do heavenly things. It's surprised that those who aren't worthy are invited into worthiness. It's the, you know, it's the surprise that those on the margins are the ones who angels come to. It's a, it's always a surprise. It's, it's always different than how we think it's going to happen. Yes. Um, which is a tremendous gift because thank God for the surprise of our limited assumptions, you know, thank God for the surprise <laughs> that's outside of our limiting conclusions about how things are going Amen to, to be. That. Yeah. 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 And that's where the word acceptance for me was coming from, because mm -hmm. I'm just remember a, a particularly difficult season of my life and the way forward was through acceptance. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was keeping me stuck was getting mad every day that things were different and mm -hmm. wishing things were different. And it was until I accepted the reality that was life as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I accepted that and I allowed uh, the Lord to love me and heal me in, in that moment, not change the circumstances, but meet me in those circumstances. That's yeah. when I started growing and I started seeing the spirit be able to heal and work and move. And I think that's, what's so powerful moving forward with the content of say, yes, is realizing, okay, I had a dream. I had an expectation that didn't have the vulnerabilities. It didn't have the weaknesses and yeah. everything. And everyone was just perfect, including me. And, um, <laughs> well that has shattered. And so, <laughs> but I still have desires in me to yeah. either contribute to the world or, or to love my family in a certain way, or to be a certain kind of person. Right. I have all of these things and those are still possible through yeah. the, through the help of the spirit working in us. So yeah, I'd made a note about identity because I loved here where you said, um, I had to change from working for identity to working from identity. Yeah. And I would say that college kids are in this place, but honestly, I mean, I'm a few years older than college kids, just a, um, few. Just a just couple. A few. Um, and, and I, <laughs> so and cheeky. I struggle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I struggle with this. So for sure, um, the engine of earning love by accomplishment, it's a very strong engine and it'll get you up in the morning and it'll, it is, it is, it'll gives a lot of drive but it eventually leads to self-destruction. Mm. And it's in that, and it's in that destruction where you, where you go, I can't, 
like for me, I, I burned out professionally and I was like, Oh, I can't keep doing what I'm, what's earning me my lovability. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do anything more to make myself lovable. And I, <laughs> and because I was completely burned out, I was like, I can't perform. Do you guys only love, am I only loved because I can do something? Am I only, right. am I only in this community because I can contribute something? And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of therapy and time uh, to really heal that. But in that process, it, I had to, you know, like at the bottom of yourself is like two chairs and uh you when you get down there you find that the giver of your life is there in the other chair and your real question is is like am i lovable <laughs> mm. and it's and then it's from that conversation that then you begin to work from identity where you go even if you didn't do anything this is who you are and i it took a long time to write out kind of a mystical experience I had of where I saw my innate loveness, loveliness, um, which is, which came from that burnout. Um, and, and then it's changed a lot of how I, uh, now operate. Um, and I, 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 I trained as a spiritual director that, uh, and I, I don't do, I don't have directees right now, but I, I, I feel like my work I do is kind of large group spiritual direction, but the real, change that was corroborated in that education from this vision was also like prayer is not getting God's attention. It's not pots and pans. Like, will you look this way, please? It is <laughs> awakening to the voice and work of God. That's already happening in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a very different mode of spiritual practice to go. I have to keep adding something. I have to keep adding so I can be good enough to, I can climb this, mountain climb this tower to get to god versus what if it's already all there but stuff got in the way that caused you to not be able to hear it or see it maybe spiritual practice is about taking away instead of adding to Mm -hmm. and that has really transformed me even in that vision the identity was like you are my beloved but I still live with, I'm a forgetful person. And I, my Uh spiritual practices are about what's removing me from what's already true or removing what's keeping me from seeing what's already true. And so when I speak or think, I'm always like, for me, it's not like, how do I get people to believe this or know God? It's like, how do I, how is this a tool of getting what's in the way of what God's already doing in that person. Like when I gather a crowd at my events, I'm just like, I'm already, I'm just like, God is already having a conversation with these people. I don't need to, uh, I don't need to add to that. I just, maybe I can help get what's in the way of them hearing that. And a lot of my struggle in doing this show and writing this book was, oh, I wish I knew this 20 years ago. I'm now, I'm like a full, I was like, I was about to turn 40. I was like, I'm a 40 year old man. And I think I want to be a performing artist. That's ridiculous. You know, like (laughs) I can't do that. Nobody cares about that, you know? And it was, I remember really struggling with that. And part of making the show was like, this is me doing my dream. This is me. This is me saying yes. This is me saying yes to this invitation. Uh, But a good friend of mine, Rosie Thomas, she was, I was, uh, who had some fame in her twenties and she still makes music and stuff, but she's just like, I don't think you could have talked about this stuff back then. You wouldn't have known how to talk about this. And 
there ha even though there was this lament of perceived time loss, I just have to go, but this is when it's happening. And this is when I need to say yes to it. And this is, I am the person, the person who is now is the one being asked to do this. And in some ways that is, I mean, it just, it gives me so much empathy. You know, sometimes we like really crap on Bible characters. Like, I can't believe they said no, you know, but like <laughs> Moses, you know, like how long did that dream die? <laughs> 40 years you're telling me you know and then god shows up and you're like i'm ready to go or you'd be like no 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 i put that dream down a long time ago yeah. i'm not that person are you kidding me call the younger bucks up i don't have energy for that like it's so why i'm still interested in those old stories is because they're the same stories we're going through today mm -hmm. you know absolutely important I used to be so judge so judgmental against the people who built the golden calf, and I'm like, have you? I was like, uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor. He's like, I, he's like, I actually think that it, um, three really bad days will make me give up on everything. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and they had like a whole month of like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Let's try to figure something else out. You know, it's like, let's yeah, if it give would have rained one more day, I probably wouldn't have shown up to do this podcast. <laughs> Ryan and Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a golden calf was just really like a vision board for trying to get out of a rut, <laughs> you know, like maybe that's all that it was. Like, it's just like, we are, it's hard to live in mystery and it's hard mm -hmm. to sit in a spot where like, I don't know what is happening. And I don't even know if anything's happening. Mm -hmm. Do I really, I just like, uh, I got this from Frederick Beekner, but I love it. Cause he's like, I don't think our real, our real question is, does God exist or not? He's like, I think what our real question is, is does God exist in this? Like the mm. thing that I'm doing, the sitting in line, picking up kids, the like the nonstop dishes, the taxes, taxes, and oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, Thanks, does, does the divine and is the divine here? Because mm -hmm. that's where I don't know. Oh, that's where I, I, my faith really hits the road. Because it's easy to it's easy to put that in like epic adventures or epic stories, but in the, like the everyday aspects of a, a human life involved with limited limits and weaknesses, um, that's really where it's playing out. That's like our real question, you know. So mm -hmm. there we go. Yeah, and that's scene. <laughs> 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 That's good stuff. You said something earlier about like, who am I? 40 years old. Nobody wants to see some guy, you know, get out and start performing yeah. at that age. But I mean, that's just something that's a narrative that we've been sold that totally. youth it's is primary. Yeah. And then once you hit a certain age, you know, and, and heaven forbid you actually hit 50, which oh, is what uh, I am right now, you know, like, oh my gosh, great. I remember yeah. when that was so old, you know, it's like, you're supposed, well, what, what is that? And they're yeah. like, we are buying into these narratives that limit us in so many ways, instead of like what you're saying, tuning into the voice of God and paying attention to where he's at work and being his follower and being his is about joining him in, in the work that he is doing and, yeah. and it never stops. And it's like making yourself available and joining him in that and letting your desires and his desires mesh into one and now you're in your sweet spot because everything you are gifted and created to do you're able to do that and make an impact and uh, we just sell ourselves short oftentimes because we name before God all of the reasons why we cannot 
Um, we're not enough. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you know, one of the narratives that I have over the last couple of weeks been just coming, just recognizing this is, this is not where I need to be going is this optimization of everything. And I think maybe part of that's because it's the new year. You got to optimize your life, you know, you're driving oh in the gosh. car. Oh so you should gosh. be listening to this type of podcast and you can do this and you can do these things while you do that. And at you know, every and stoplight, you should be sending a, a text to somebody and absolutely. then uh, checking your email or like, and you, yeah. you know, you, you gotta be working out. You gotta be growing spiritually. You gotta be making more money. You got, you know, all of these things. And so when you were reminding me, I forgot in the book about just um, that spiritual practice of taking things away, I realized mm. that's exactly what I've been struggling with is that's where I want to be. That is where my soul wants to be right now is with everything stripped away. My soul does not mm. want to be optimized toward, all right, I got to find that new, that best new book that if I read that, then, you know, then I'm really going to hit that next level. Um, and that's such a hard thing for us to do in our world today um, mm -hmm. because it's, you know, we have all of these narratives about all of these things that that means what you are, or who you are. Um, but what a wonderful place when you do get to that just totally stripped away and it's just you and the Lord and there's just nothing. Sometimes there's no conversation. It's just that feeling of knowing that um, the Lord's presence is with you and that you are mm. beloved and that, you know, you're, you're one with him. Hey, I'll wrap us up with this last thing. So we were, um, after we read your book and mm -hmm. after we did our episode where we re reviewed, I say reviewed, like Talk A plus, he gets yeah. an A plus. We, we talked through it. it. Yeah, yeah, we talked through it. Um, um, Lindsay had an idea, like, why don't we talk to people who've said yes in oh, different cool. aspects of their lives? So we have been doing that. We've been um, bringing people in and talking to various people about how in their life they have said yes to something yeah, to God yeah. and their calling and how that's moved them forward. And so my question for you is, uh, I mean, I know a lot of ways you're saying yes, <laughs> but like right now, today, this week, how is Scott Erickson saying yes? <laughs> First of all, I want to say, um, I don't, you know, have you heard the Teflon and Velcro, your brain, bad, bad comments stick to you like Velcro, good comments fall off like Teflon. So you have to spend like 20 seconds really em uh, embracing a compliment yeah. in order to keep it or just slides right off. But a negative comment will just stick with you. Forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want, I don't want to move past that. The fact that you took the time to read my book and then you said a plus, and then you talked about it. That is a tremendous encouragement because like my book launch of that book, it's like when Omicron hit all my kind of like tours failed. I found myself all alone in Arkansas failing at a college, <laughs> like speaking at a college and I, they did not like it. And, uh, no. and, and I was, it was an awful week. And so this kind of, even though I love the book and stuff, I was like, I feel very insecure sometimes on the book. So when I get these things, it's really encouraging me. Anyways, I just want to say thank you for that. I'm even so though glad. you weren't trying to do that. Um, you know what, Susan, I will say uh, I'm 45. So I'm five years away from 50. And I keep confronting that narrative of being like, Will anybody care about a 40 or sorry, a 52 year old man trying to do performing arts, like <laughs> trying to do these things. And it's, it is, it is re it is always confronting that narrative and just going, 
you have no idea you're on your way this is part of the process whatever you're saying isn't what's going to happen so just like let's see as you go you know like i'm on my way i'm trying as i go i'm learning as i go so saying yes is constant for me is constantly like you kind of know where you want to go just go and 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 if nobody shows up anymore then you'll know that maybe that time is over or it's time to pivot or you know whatever but like like recently a friend was like are you going to do a show in seattle and i'm like i've done this show five four times in seattle and he's like but was the last one sold out and i was like yeah and he's like so why not do it why not do it until like it's not sold like mm. why not do it until like you lose money on it and i was like that's a good point you know like i don't oh that's a new reality I didn't think about it that way i just thought well surely nobody would come again i mm. you know you know it's like confronting these kind of so saying yes is like saying yes to like what i haven't figured out is is like where i'm at right now and um i know you guys sent me a bunch of questions before and i and i know we're out of time but i did take a significant break of it's felt like a like half a year of my son had some uh hard surgeries we moved a lot of resettling um so there is a bit of like kind of like getting back up and starting again that mm -hmm. is uh that is uh that's always hard but um i am so i am allowing the grace to say yes to what i don't know just like just go just you're on your way just try it out so that's 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 really it right now is, is that for me Anyways. well it, it is a really great book and and we're, we will continue to encourage our little listeners mm -hmm. to read it but now i think we awesome. have to read it again i know because I've, i was thinking i've the been same reminded thing. of so many things that um that are really and you know our lives keep spinning and we can yeah. continue to grow and learn yeah. and um, do that hard work of saying yes but we appreciate yeah. you being with us today for sure yes thank you thanks for being a great host this has been really fun thanks for joining us today on the embodied holiness podcast you can find out more by following us on Instagram at Embodied Holiness or by visiting our website at EmbodiedHoliness.com. Embodied Holiness is a ministry of Parkway Heights United Methodist Church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. If you're looking for a community where you can find belonging, we would love to meet you and welcome you in. You can find out more on our website at parkwayheights.org.